0: Panic attack, anxiety attack. Some of you have been attacked by these before. If you haven't, stay humble. They may attack you at some point in the future. Counselors tell us a panic attack and anxiety attack are actually two uh, caused by different things. But they look the same and they feel the same. If you've ever experienced one of these, they're horrible you all of a sudden begin to feel panicky you may have chest pains you may end up going to the hospital thinking you're having a heart attack you're sweating you're nervous sometimes there's a sense of uh, detachment or unreality a dizziness of overwhelm thank god it doesn't last a terrible length of time but to be attacked by panic or anxiety is not a good thing at all would you agree If you've ever experienced that, you would agree wholeheartedly. The National Institute of Mental Health said last year that in America, in a typical year, at least last year and I'm sure this year, 50 million Americans, 50 million Americans will either have a panic attack, anxiety attack, or struggle with some type of anxiety disorder or issue. So it's pretty safe to say somebody in Ruston, and somebody in this church is going to hit and it's going to affect. This morning, I want us to take a different approach. Instead of letting anxiety attack us, here's the approach, let's attack it God's way. Does that sound good? We're going to be in Philippians chapter 4. Now, if you're uh, a studious, I preach this passage About a year and a half ago, I probably preached it three or four times in my tenure here at First Baptist. But this is a totally different sermon, I promise you. But you can't really talk about anxiety and worry without hitting on Philippians 4. It's such a beautiful passage. Philippians chapter 4, Paul's in Rome under house arrest, possibly chained to a guard 24 hours a day, seven days a week. God, through Paul, writes to the church in Philippi, and they're struggling. They've got internal problems. They've got... They've got some women that are fighting in the church amongst each other. In chapter four, you see earlier, God's trying to straighten that out. Being a Christian's a dangerous thing. You can die for being a Christian. They knew anxiety. And Paul knew, Paul had been shipwrecked beaten. they knew what it was like to be stressed out just like you do how do we attack our anxiety here's the first thing and i think this is such an essential thing always buy into this god is in you beside you and he is going nowhere now if you're a christian today god is in you do you know that God lives in you. If you're not a Christian, the greatest news ever is you can become one. You can leave here today on your way to heaven, not only on your way to heaven, but you leave here with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, God in spirit in you. Isn't that great? No, not really. Y'all want to talk about hell? Okay. This is good stuff. Now look in verse 5. Verse 5 says, let your reasonableness or your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. i preached that passage a number of times. Hey, you better be nice because God's watching. There's another twist on this passage that I have never preached this way, but it's very viable. If you notice in the English Standard Version that I'm using this morning, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. That's a complete sentence. Then you have a new sentence in the same verse. The Lord is at hand, and you go into verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Scholars agree and differ that it could go with verse 5 and verse 6, or either or or both. I think it can go with both. I think it does go with both. That God is with us anxious. Do not be anxious. What does your word anxious in your Bible mean? It means the same thing it means in your English language. It means to be carrying a burden. It means to be heavy With thought, it's to be worried, but it's more than worry. It's that continual worry, drip, drip, drip. We get our English word worry from a German word that literally means to strangle or choke. Isn't that beautiful? Just come up to somebody next week and go, I want to worry you. The Greek word for worry or anxiety also meant to press or to choke. In Greek mythology, listen to this, they actually had a God who was over slavery. Isn't that creepy? And the God over slavery, that the Greek name literally is where we get our word anxiety from. The God over slavery, as you can imagine, his job was to keep slaves chained and enslaved. If you've ever struggled with anxiety, that's what it does. It enslaves you. It keeps you in, <laughs> choked up. It keeps you... With that feeling of dread and worry. And and a lot of times what makes anxiety so tough is you can't pinpoint where it's coming from. You just don't feel comfortable. You feel nervous. You feel insecure. You're enslaved by your anxiety. That's what it does to us. Here's a great place to start with attacking our anxiety. God is right there beside you. God is right there beside you. The Lord is near do not be anxious about anything folks if you're a christian god lives in you he is to the right of you he is the left of you he is in front of you he is behind you he goes ahead of you he cleans up your mess afterwards that's pretty good isn't it now, see, here, here's your problem and my problem. We say, man, that's a promise of God. But promises to us really don't mean a lot, do they? Stuff like, I promise I'll be better. I promise I'll come to church more. I promise I'll preach shorter sermons. Right? We know a promise a lot of times is kind of wishful thinking, isn't it? Folks, when, when God states something, it's not a mere human promise. It is a fact. God says, Listen. There's more to this puzzle, but I want to begin with your worry and your anxiety and your insecurity and tell you I am right here beside you every step of the way. And folks, we don't serve a little wimpy guy. We have a big bad God who is loving and wonderful and all-powerful. Amen? John Ortberg's a preacher and writer in California. One day he went out to the beach early to surf, and he said there wasn't hardly anybody there, but he noticed a little boy on a paddle boat messing around the ocean. He thought, this is a little kid. Out, you know, the ocean's intimidating. I mean, this is big. And he goes, what kind of goofy parent let this kid out in the ocean by himself? And he, and he walked up to the boy and said, son, how old are you? Seven. He said the kid was smiling. He was happy. He goes, I'm so worried, you know, Sharks, I'm worried about this kid. He goes, are you out here by yourself? He goes, no, there's my dad. Ortberg turns around, and he couldn't see right over his right shoulder. was, he said, a gigantic bodybuilder, defensive lineman, offensive lineman, NFL player, hulk of a man, looked at him, smiling, was waving, and had his eyes dead set on that boy. He said, that boy was at peace and joy because his big bad daddy was watching every move that he made. Folks, your God is with you. Joshua 1.9 says, Be strong and courageous, be not afraid, be there dismayed, because the Lord thy God is with you wherever you go. It never gets too hot in the kitchen for God. Hebrews 13.5, the last part of it, it says, For God says, I will never, never fail you nor forsake you. Here's a great remedy to start with your anxiety is that God is with you every step of the way. Okay? Here's the second thing. Make a decision not to worry or be anxious about anything. Now, that's easy, isn't it? If you believe that, I want to sell you some stuff after church. Verse 6: Do not be anxious about anything, it's a command. Do not fret. Do not be full of dread. Do not worry about anything. What is the biblical word anything means? Very simply, anything. Isn't that profound? Not even one thing, not anything at all. And it's stated this phrase in a present imperative tense. It's like he's telling them to stop something that's going on. Stop it now. But he says it with, a th- with power and urgency. Stop worrying about anything right now who's saying this it's not your preacher it's your God don't worry about anything now again there's there's more to build to this but it starts here it starts here God is with you God's with you every step in the way never too hot in the kitchen for God he's he may get irritated with you but he's not leaving you sometimes you want him to leave you (laughs) he's not going to leave you And then he says the next step in this is you make a decision. You're not going to worry and be anxious about anything. It may take you 10 years to accomplish this perfectly, but you start the process. Listen, why why not worry? First of all, it's sinful. Secondly, it accomplishes nothing. And thirdly, it harms you to be a worrier, anxious person. Well, my mama worried my grandparents. Well, they were sinning. I'm sorry. Love them. They are probably good cooks, but that's sin. I think my mama had a little worry habit. That didn't make it right because it was my mama. Dr. Charles Mayo was one of the founders of the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. He stated this years ago, and man, this is the research on this is just piled on in recent years. When we are worried and anxious, it affects our glands, our nervous system, circulation system, our digestion, our heart. It certainly ups our, our depression and anxiety. When God said, don't be anxious, don't worry, first of all, this is not preachers talking to each other in a seminary class. This is a guy chained to a soldier that could die any day talking to a church full of people who were struggling and hurting, and he's saying, God's with you, God's near, don't worry about anything. Doesn't that sound good? Very difficult, but it's a great thing. Now, here's what you do. You so say, I'm not going to worry, but I've got to do something. Okay, here's what he says. Instead of worrying and fretting, pray about everything. Pray about everything. And I'm going to say this again. You need to be a Christian to embrace these things. You really do. And the great news is you can become one today. These are words written for Christians. Give your life to Christ, and then here's the things you do. Instead of worrying, you pray. Here's the first part of this. You have a prayer time. You have a prayer time. In verse 6, there's four different words used for praying. It's pretty neat. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer. By prayer, that biblical word prayer is a general word for prayer where we get our idea of a prayer time. Isn't that neat? Hey, don't worry. God's beside you, you have your prayer time. I hope every morning or before you go to bed you have a prayer time where you praise God, where you get your heart right with others, where you confess your sins, where you thank God, where you pray for others, where you pray for yourself. See, here's what God's saying. The healthy, emotional, mental life is one built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. You spend time with God daily, and you have your prayer time. But he doesn't stop there. He says... Number two, specifically pray about everything. Specifically pray about everything. Look in verse 6. Don't be anxious, but in everything, by prayer, your prayer time. Then he says, supplication, with thanksgiving, we'll see in a moment, let your request be made known to God. The word supplication and request are very similar words, supplication, Means means re- requesting a specific benefit. Request means pray specifically for something. So here's what God's saying. In your prayer time or throughout the day, you have your prayer time. You praise God. You confess your sins. But man, you want to deal with the, the worries in your life, the struggles you're going through, the depression you're having, the issues other people are having. You need to get nitty-gritty down and dirty, and specifically lift up what you need to God. Pray specifically for other people and for yourself. And, and what did he say pray about, by the way? The big things, right? Just pray about Don't bother God with the little things. First of all, what is big to God? Are you with me? I love what William Barclay, a New Testament scholar, said years ago. Nothing is too big for God. He's God. Nothing is too small in your life for your sweet heavenly Father. Isn't that good? So you take everything to God. I'd rather worry about it. I know you would, but that's not helping. So you pray. Don't say, oh, God, help me. God, help him. Man, get specific in your praying what God's saying here. Think about the difference of this. If I told you I want to drive by your house and see you, or maybe... Let's go to your office because you're not going to want me to come by your house, probably. I know when the preacher says he's coming over, you're there, but you turn the lights off. We understand that. <laughs> it's funny. Years ago, another town went to go see somebody. Heard the stereo on. We we rang the doorbell. They kind of peeked, dead quiet. Never came back to church either. So, anyway, if I said I want to come by and visit you sometime, you you probably say okay, good. Call, make an appointment, whatever. You wouldn't think much about it. But if I said, hey, can I come see you tomorrow at your office at 5 o'clock? And I know you close at 5.30. Can I come tomorrow at 5? I'll be there at 5. I'll be gone by 5.30. I've got a concern with my money or my business I need to talk to you about. I'll be there 30 minutes. I'll text you as soon as this meeting's over to confirm it. You know I'm coming, don't you? See, a lot of times people say, well, I'll give you a holler. I'll come by. We'll get together. And, and they, they're sincere. It just never happens. But when you nail it down to an hour, a time, and a day, you get specific. That's when things start happening. God wants you to get specific. Pray about that health issue you're worried about. Say, God, I, I've got a knot on my head, and I've looked at Wikipedia, and I've talked to Siri, and they say it's a tumor because the Internet's always right. I'm being facetious. Laugh with me. Your doctor loves when you come in and go, I'll look this up, doc, on the Internet. Just like your preacher does, right? Praise God. Man, I'm worried about this. Don't just, oh, God bless me. God, I'm worried about this this mole that's turning orange. (laughs) God, I'm worried. God, I'm, I'm worried about my financial situation. Am I going to be able to pay the bills? God, help me to be able to make it through this month. God, help me to make the right decision at work or about that new job. God, show me what to do. God, help me on that test. Help me to study hard. Help me to recall what I have, I have studied. Am I making sense? God wants you, instead of fretting about it, to, to specifically come to him. Folks, this is, by the way, spiritual maturity. The more you pray, it shows the more you know God. Take everything in detail to God. I plan on touching on this more next week. But it's an interesting thing in psychology, what psychologists tell us, that when we begin to name and identify our feelings and our struggles, and we can pinpoint what it is and name it and own it, it begins to help us to work through that and process that. You think God might have known that from eternity past? See, this is for your benefit. I'm going to give you six words that'll that'll change your game. Worry about nothing, pray about everything. That's absolutely not original with me, but I would encourage you to write that down, put it somewhere at work, get it tattooed on your hand or whatever you need to do. Say that with me. Worry about nothing, pray about everything. Six words that will change your life. That's what God says. Here's the next thing. Be thankful, be thankful, and be thankful. I want to attack my anxiety before it attacks me. I want to be sane in an insane world. Verse 6, isn't it interesting? Do not be anxious about anything. Don't worry. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, I can do this. I've got good at this. Man, lay it out to God, but he says, hey, by the way, with what? With thanksgiving. Let me give you two thoughts on this. Number one, you thank God for all of his blessings. Thank God for all he's blessed you with. The word thankful is a great word. It means to remember, boy, we don't do this well. Remember how we've been blessed and then express it. Quit holding on to that silly, they know my heart. God knows my heart. God wants you to express it. Other people want you to express it. Express it. Thanksgiving is not just walking around with a smile. It's walking around with a smile and spewing it out. It's expressing your blessing. Our wonderful old song, Count Your Many Blessings. Name them one by one and it will amaze you what the Lord has done. I want to tell you, when you're depressed and anxious and you begin to thank God for everything He's done for you, it will amaze you what He's done. And by the way, it gives you strength to know if God's done it in the past, He can do it tomorrow. Today magazine last year, last May, listen to what they said about Thanksgiving. Science says gratitude is good for your health. It helps your blood pressure, your immune system, you sleep better, You're less depressed, you're less anxious, and people who've been tested in test studies who did a consistent daily time of Thanksgiving showed that the stress uh, hormone cortisol was 23% lower in them than it was in those who were not thankful. There is a plethora of material out today showing how gratitude is so good for you. I don't know where I read this, but I've read it a lot recently. It's impossible to be anxious and thankful at the same time. Be thankful. It changes your game. We're going to talk about this in the weeks ahead. You've got to change your thought patterns to beat anxiety and depression. And one way you do is by gratitude. You can't be a grateful grouch. Quit looking for everything that's wrong and count your blessings. Get up in the morning. Here's an exercise. Get up in the morning. The first thing, you five things that come to your mind. First of all, you recognize it and you thank God for it. Before you go to bed, you recognize five things and you thank God for it. Do that every day as well as thanking God in your prayer time and throughout your day. But let me give you one other thought on this Thanksgiving. Thank God for what he's going to do for you. Thank God for what he's going to do for you. This is faith here. Listen, I I don't know how everything is going to play out, but I can tell you this. I can thank God in advance that he's going to be there for me. He's going to see me through it. And win, lose, or draw, that live or die, God and I are going to win. And I can go into every battle thanking God for that. Thank God in advance for what he's going to do for you. Build your faith. it it decreases your anxiety and depression and it absolutely will bless you by the way god is just like you he likes being thanked remember the story of the 10 lepers that jesus healed one came back and thanked him jesus didn't go oh shucks i'm god that doesn't bother me i know their heart he said i healed 10 where are the other nine thank him it will help you And here's where it comes together beautifully this morning. When we do these things, God supernaturally blesses our mental state. Now, folks, let me tell you this. I'm going to go back to this. You can't go home today, try this, wake up tomorrow and go, this doesn't work. This is lifetime commitment, okay? There's other things. You may need medicine. You may need some therapy. Get your thoughts right. Man, but these are foundational These are foundational. Look what God says. After we do these things and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The word peace means rest. It means to be untroubled. Listen, it's synonymous with security. Anxious people are insecure. Do you agree with that? When we're anxious, because we're, everybody's looking at us and we're paranoid and we don't feel like we're up to par. And God says, my peace brings security. Isn't that beautiful? It's a peace that passes understanding that you can't grasp. That is beyond your ability to get. That's okay. I don't understand electricity, but man, I sure enjoy it. And he says, the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. Hearts and mind are synonymous, your, your, your heart, your mind. The word guard, if you're taking notes, is a great word. It's a military term for protecting. Paul knew military. Paul's chained to a guard right now. Paul knew the military. Philippi has a Roman garrison of soldiers there. They saw soldiers all the time. They saw soldiers guard people all the time. They knew when Roman soldiers guarded something, it was pretty secure. They understood that. And so here's what he's saying. He's saying, listen, when we do these things God's way consistently, God's peace will guard our hearts and minds like a military guard standing at ready. And by the way, God's guarding you can never be breached by anybody or anything without your permission. Isn't that wonderful? In a beautiful book, Switch on Your Brain... Linda Bernard and I have read it. You need to get it and read it. The Christian scientist doctor, not a Christian scientist, but she's a Christian who is a scientist. She said, science shows us when we make a choice not to worry, our hypothalamus, a part of our brain, literally secretes chemicals that facilitate peace. You think God knew that? Better you think God created us that way? So when I choose not to worry, when I choose to hold on to the fact that my God is beside me every step of the way, and I'm going to pray and I'm going to express and detail my needs to God, thanking Him, thanking Him, thanking Him, God Himself says, My peace is going to gather around you like a bunch of soldiers guarding you that's good. The scary thing always is not whether God will do his part because he will. The scary thing is, is that will we do our part with God? Will you? Let's pray. This morning, if you're a Christian, I pray that you'll get your heart right with Christ and you'll live out these principles. If you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And if if you're ready and sincere, pray with me. And just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I want to repent of my sin. Jesus, I believe you're God's son and that you died and arose for me. Come into my heart. And I surrender my life to you. Let me have your attention. We're going to stand in just a second. When we do, I want to challenge you to respond to Christ. Maybe it'll be where you're standing. Maybe it'll be talking to me or one of the ministers after church. You just ask Christ in your heart. Make that decision this morning. Come, talk to us now. Catch us after church. But seal that deal with God. Leave here on your way to heaven and with Jesus living in you. Maybe you'd like to join our church today. We would love for you to do that. You need a church. We need you. You can come when we stand and join us this morning. Or you can catch one of us after church and we can... Talk that through, and you can join today. Join us today. Christian, some of you are doing great. Some of you are headed for a collision course if you don't straighten some things out. Some of you may not be doing well. Come and let us pray with you. Pray for you. We'd love to. Make a choice this morning to attack your anxiety God's way before it attacks you. Let's stand.